Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you in association with Manufacture CT. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business and speak to not only a member of senior management, but also a key member of the manufacturing team. Welcome to the latest edition of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. It is my great pleasure to be speaking today to Frank De Cristina, who is the site manager of Allnex in Wallingford, and Shane Sullivan, who is the production supervisor. Allnex are a global leader in industrial coating resins, and it's a pleasure to have you along for the ride today. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for having us, Claire. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. First, a question for you, Frank, if I may. How long have you been with Allnex, as in the company, and how did you arrive at this job at this point in your career? I've been with Allnex almost nine years. I was actually recruited here to this position. Uh, A firm contacted me and presented a really intriguing opportunity, and uh, I took the leap at doing it, and it's been a great experience. Amazing. What about you, Shane? So you've got the title of production supervisor. How did you end up in this role? I started here six and a half years ago. I started as a summer health process operator. Then I went on to the safety, health, and environmental department as as an intern. And there I learned about the regulatory environment of a Connecticut chemical manufacturer. Then I moved on to a role in the engineering department where I learned a lot more of the technical ends of the operations here on site. And then um, the opportunity to go into the production supervisor role came up. So it sounds like you've really kind of worked your way up through the ranks, so to speak, you know, and it's based on learning experience on the job. And also that's been supported with education through trade schools and through local colleges. Can you tell me a little bit about that, Shane? Yeah, so I went to um, Platt Tech in Milford, Connecticut. I really didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise. So in middle school, I had a lot of interests. One of them was cars. So I ended up in the automotive mechanics department over there. Then after graduating, I took on the job over at Allnex. Didn't really know too much about manufacturing or what Allnex did at all, but I found it very interesting. I wanted to keep my options open still and kind of explore other opportunities. So I went to Gateway Community College got my associate's degree over there, and then I went on to Quinnipiac University and ended up getting an MBA. Through that, I also, through Gateway, I ended up getting an internship over at the Chamber of Commerce where I got to work closely with Jerry Klupper, the former executive director of NHMA, now Manufacturer CT. And I think between my experiences with him and all that I learned from him and all the opportunities I had at all next throughout through the way, really made manufacturing something I was very interested in. Absolutely, it's where you wanted to be. What about you, Frank? How did your journey lead you to this position and through your education or through your previous work experiences? Tell me how you ended up in this role. So I uh, originally intended to go to med school coming out of high school and went to college uh, intending to take biomedical engineering as my major. And then the department head for the chemical engineering department explained what chemical engineering was all about and the opportunities that it provided, including the potential to still go to med school. So I decided to proceed with chemical engineering as my major. And then I did an internship after my sophomore year in the chemical engineering field. And it was very interesting to me. It was at a very large facility 
everybody. And it was just exciting, fun, challenging work that I felt was really what I wanted to do long term. So then I continued to work at that facility after graduation, had any number of roles in engineering, process engineering, which follows the day-to-day production processes. I did very large projects as part of that, including multi-million dollar projects, gained a lot of experience there, and then was given the opportunity to go into the management field, supervising one of the operating facilities, and then from there progressed to to the role that I'm in now, albeit with different companies along the way. Yeah, because Allnex has been around, if you like, for, I think you said, was it 80 years in various guises prior to, to today? Yeah, this facility in Wallingford has been around for 80 years under different umbrellas. The Allnex company uh, originated and took over this facility in 2013. Gotcha. So now you've got the position, of course, of site manager. What does your day-to-day look like? What are your roles and responsibilities, Frank? Well, it's always very interesting. I mean, obviously, I do have responsibility for the overall management of the site, which includes the operations, the production processes, the maintenance processes, all of the safety, health, and environmental aspects certainly a lot of regulatory demands, as you can imagine, as Shane has also alluded to. And then there is the management of the team, the people. Obviously, we need to uh, ensure that our employees are well-trained and are working safely and have all the tools they need to be successful in their job. And then the third piece is the interaction with the community. There is a substantial aspect of being a large facility in a community like Wallingford, where the interface with the neighbors, the stakeholders, public officials is very important. And in my role, that's been a key aspect that I've really enjoyed in the past several years. Absolutely. And so vital for a company like Coolnex. How many employees do you currently have on site there, Frank? We have right about 100 employees. Wow. Wow. Lots of moving parts, as they say. A question for you, Shane, if I may. So tell me a little bit about the roles, responsibilities, and what does your day-to-day look like as the production supervisor? So production supervisor is really only a portion of my role. I back up two of the other supervisors for their buildings, and then if any of them are out, I'll step in and take over a supervisor for that building. In addition to that, I'm also involved in the postings of all the production documents. So anytime we make a product or package anything off, I'll make sure everything gets posted correctly and review the financial end of that as well. I also lead the energy team on site to make sure that we're reaching all of our targets to continue becoming more sustainable as a site. I get involved in a lot of the utility postings too. Uh, I review that for ourselves, and I'll post the um, utility documents for the other company on site as well. And I'm also responsible for all the cycle counting and making sure that we have all the raw material inventories up to date so that we have what we need to make our products every day. You sound like a very busy boy, Shane. A very- very busy boy. <laughs> That's for sure. Yep. Okay. Frank, question for you, if I may. Can you tell me a little bit about your company's place in the manufacturing industry? How might I have come into contact with a product or a substance that you guys have had a, a hand in creating? Sure. We have an interesting spot in the supply chain. We're not actually visible in the consumer world in terms of a product that says Allnex. What we produce are coating resins that are then consumed or used by other manufacturers to create the products that customers will use and see on the shelves. For instance, uh, our coating resins go into paints and deck stains that are produced by the various paint manufacturers and sold in hardware stores and the paint stores. And then we produce a key component of a can coating, both the interior and exterior coating on a 
cans, such as food cans, beverage cans that we all consume. So you won't actually see Allnex on the label anywhere, but we're certainly there and a key contributor to ensuring that your food or your product that you're going to consume remains safe. And then we also supply the automotive industry, of course, as a big piece of our business and other industrial businesses and uh, furniture and cabinetry, a lot of the coatings that go in those applications. And then finally, we really started delving into more of the greener, sustainable markets, uh, as that's obviously a larger demand in today's society. So a lot of applications where they're looking for greener solutions to ensure their product is safe and sustainable for the long term. We're really delving into that arena. So yep. you guys are based, of course, in Wallingford, but the Allnext company is global. Tell me a little bit about the structure, Frank, of where your headquarters are and where you have other sites. Sure. So our global headquarters are in Frankfurt, Germany. We have 33 manufacturing facilities across the globe, really spread out very nicely across uh, most of the continents. We have seven facilities in the U.S., seven operating facilities in the U.S. And then our U.S. headquarters are in Alpharetta, Georgia, just outside Atlanta. We have uh, 4,000 employees worldwide about 500 in the U.S. supporting the facilities here in the U.S. And, you know, each facility has its own niche. We all have different product lines that we make. There's some overlap, of course, but the goal is to be primarily a regional supplier with some global reach as well. For instance, the Wonfer site is very instrumental in making some of the, again, the the key more sustainable products such as formaldehyde-free based resins that are not produced at any other facilities at this time. And we're supplying globally, including China and, and the Far East. That's fantastic. You know, one of the things that has come up when I've been doing this series of podcasts for Manufacture CT has been the supply chain, of course, and coronavirus and the pandemic has has created some issues perhaps within the supply chain, but also there's been a real resurgence in in trying to buy as locally as possible. Have you seen any impact from the pandemic in either your supply chain or the demand from your customers? It's interesting you you say that, Claire, because we absolutely have seen a dramatic impact. Uh, We started the year fairly strong, but not, I wouldn't say a uh, super strong year compared to past years. And then of course the pandemic hit and we did see somewhat of a drop off, but only in certain segments. Obviously the automotive segment, uh, all the major manufacturers completely shut down their facilities for several weeks. So we saw an impact there, but it was interesting, the can coating market, as we talked about, because restaurants were closed or limited and you know citizens were uh, having to eat more at home, cook at home, buying more canned goods, buying more canned beverages. That market really took off for us this year and has been just completely sold out for us. And then the home improvement market of all things, who would have predicted that uh, yeah. you know in the spring and much of this year and really continuing into the fall, that you know everyone's going to Home Depot and Lowe's and buying products and doing projects at home to improve their homes while they're either working from home or you know have the time to do that sort of thing. So that market has really been exceptional this year. And once we hit August, it, it seemed like it really started to take off even more and the automotive industry came back strong. So the back half of last year was remarkable compared to past years, because usually the later part of the year won't be as busy for us. And And uh, we were completely busy right through the holidays and continue to be so now because of those interesting market dynamics that have occurred 
as a result of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, more and more people at home, home improvements, certainly. I've made a couple of visits to various home improvement stores and some of the shelves are empty, just literally through the demand. So uh, that's great to hear that the the back end of it, if you like, is proven very successful during a pandemic, that's for sure. Could you tell me a little bit about the culture and values of the company, Frank? Sure. I, I think for me, having experience with several companies in my career, what I've appreciated here is that Allnex is really focused on the team environment and that empowering the employees to be effective in their jobs. And it all starts as simple as on the production floor. When I first arrived here, and we're, we're a union shop, and that has some certainly different dynamics and challenges than a non-union shop. But one thing that's been typical is that you have supervisors that guide the workforce and shift supervisors around the clock. And when I arrived here, one of my first tasks was to change that, to get away from having to have round the clock supervision and empower the workforce, the uh, shop floor employees to be more self-directed. And we've done that successfully. Yeah, we still have day supervisors such as Shane and the other supervisors that help manage some of the higher level aspects of the operation. But on a shift to shift basis, the employees on the floor take ownership. They really have a, a commitment to working effectively, they understand the metrics, they understand our goals and why we're operating the way we do, and they do a good job of it. And then beyond that, it's truly a family atmosphere, both from the standpoint of, you know, with 100 employees on site, everyone here knows each other, knows each other well, has a good interpersonal relationship. And then there are the legacy family connections. We have many multi-generational families here. Uh, as many as four in one or two cases, in some cases three. Shane has family connections here. And it really makes for a close-knit workforce that is always looking out for each other and make sure that we're all here to help each other succeed. A question for you, Shane, if I may. What advice, I mean, you've touched on it previously, but what advice would you give to somebody who maybe is at the start of their career, they're starting to perhaps explore a career in manufacturing, Why should they indeed explore a career in manufacturing? What is it about it that that you find so rewarding? And are there any particular schools or training programs that you would recommend? Yeah, well, I really think that there's an opportunity for most people in manufacturing one way or another. If you want to work on the production floor, there's plenty of options and it's something that most people could learn how to do well and we could train you on the job to become a skilled employee. On the other end, if you want to get into any of the other departments, there's a lot of opportunities there as well. We have a full lab here. We have a boiler house on site. We have a medical department. There's a safety health environmental department. There's just so many opportunities for different people to get involved in manufacturing in that way. If we're talking about on the floor, I think Plot Tech was definitely the most valuable thing for me. I still use skills from Plot all along the way. So anyone who isn't sure about what they want to do career-wise, I think a trade school is a great opportunity for you. You're going to get a great academic education. Um, it's the same exact education that my uh, peers got at the public schools. But in addition, then you get to spend half your year in the shop doing work out there. So I think that was an awesome opportunity for me. And I think anyone who has any question about what they want to do career-wise going into high school should just give that a try. You don't have to go into your trade. I didn't go into my trade. I thought I was going to the entire time I was there, found another opportunity and it's been rewarding ever since, but I still have that background that I could use on the job here and at home. So I think a trade school is definitely the best option for anyone, whether you're looking to get into manufacturing or not. 
Sound advice. And Frank, from an employer's point of view, what do you look for when a resume hits your desk? What are you looking for in the next generation of employees for all next? So certainly on a shop floor basis, we definitely look for those trade skills or, you know, someone who's had experience working with their hands, mechanical aptitude, electrical capabilities, uh, knowledge, you know, anything that involves doing in a way, I guess, is the simplest way to put it. The background of having to physically create something is really hard to duplicate or it's really hard to have someone without that previous experience come in and learn it quickly. So it helps to have have that background. But we have had success otherwise. And, you know, Shane has mentioned that we've hired individuals right out of high school who had a real good attitude, a real good work ethic, and didn't necessarily have those backgrounds. And we were able to expose them to it, train them, teach them. But it certainly helps to, to come in with whether it's a trade school background, community college background that has a trade component, mechanical aptitude component, it's it's really helpful. Got it. So at the moment, are you tackling any exciting new opportunities or indeed challenges just at the moment, Frank? Always. We always have a, a plenty of challenges <laughs> for us right now. It's obviously the growth in the marketplace and making sure we meet that demand. And actually on some lines, including the can coding line that I referenced earlier, trying to expand capacity. We're looking at significant capital investment this year to further grow our capability to produce that product because we see it sustaining. Even if the pandemic drops off, the uh, market expectations is that product will sustain. So our engineering team is working very hard on that. We're always looking at sustainability, whether it's through, as Shane has mentioned, the energy team continuing to look to reduce our energy consumption or our environmental team looking at reducing our impact to the environment through improving our wastewater treatment system, as well as the products, the discharges to that wastewater treatment system. We have a team that has been really focused on reducing, you know, to become as close to a net zero discharge facility as we can. We're not sure if we can get quite to zero, but we're certainly working hard to reduce it as much as possible and become a you know minimal discharge type facility. Gotcha. Would you say that you know that is one of the main focuses for the company at the moment, or where do you see the company heading? Is it in this green field? Absolutely. That's been a major priority for our globally for our company. Uh, we have a lot of efforts in that regard at many sites. We have a program that's called Primavera that is kind of the umbrella under which these projects fall. And whether it's energy reduction, water consumption reduction, or wastewater or waste generation reduction, that's all included in that umbrella. It's being supported financially by our leadership. It's being supported in terms of our goals and objectives on an individual basis. So, you know, obviously the priority always is to operate safely, to not have injuries. That always starts at the very top for us. And uh, we've been fortunate there. We've had three straight years without any injuries. And then beyond that, it's obviously getting our product to the customer, but doing it in a responsible way, doing it in a sustainable way as much as possible. So we are focused very heavily. I would say that is one of our top three priorities for the site. Fantastic. Shane, question for you. What does the next phase of Shane Sullivan's career look like? What's the, uh, what's the plan for the next, say, five years or so? Well, as you can see already, I'm kind of I've been open to any opportunities that come my way at the site. So 
it's hard to say where I'm going to be in five years, but what seems like it would make sense is some role in the supervisor capacity, I think. I've been working pretty hard to try and develop those skills as much as possible. So I think that's what would make sense. But yeah, I've been on the production floor. I've been in the safety, health, environmental department. I've been in the technical and engineering department. Now I'm right in production. I think the only place I haven't been operations-wise is in the lab. So, oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it'd be, but most likely supervising one of the floors or something like that. Fantastic. And what about yourself, Frank? What does the the next five years look like for you? I I think the next five years continue to be in a similar role that I'm in now, but maybe uh, expanding out and uh, helping some of our other sites, hopefully. And, you know, we do try to interchange between sites. We do share resources at many levels really good about that. That's another key culture here at Allnex is that we don't operate in silos. So I have in the past been involved in projects and initiatives at other sites and hope to continue to. Obviously the pandemic makes travel a little more challenging. So it's been a little less so this past year, but we all are hoping and expecting to be back to normal in the near future and be able to do that. And and then beyond that, you know, it could be a broader role in the company at a manufacturing leadership type level, but uh, you know, we'll have to see what comes along. I'm, I'm very happy in my role here and location and continue to enjoy growing my skill set in the role that I'm in. Fantastic. You've not racked up many air miles this year then, Frank. No, not many this year, so uh, <laughs> it's it's okay with me too. It's okay. Uh, last couple of questions for you, gentlemen. A question for you, Frank, then. So do you have any predictions about the future of manufacturing as a whole? And also specifically here in Connecticut, any predictions for the future? Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm very involved with Manufacturer CT, Jamie Scott and the peer group there, and also other similar organizations in the area. And the discussions have been fairly similar over recent years. And that's the expectation and the view that we see a revival in manufacturing in Connecticut and the U.S. in general. Some of that is because, uh, you know, China and the Far East has raised their level of expectations for their manufacturers. We've certainly seen that even within Allnex. So we're able to be more competitive on that level. Some of it has to do with the technology and the uh, just the uh, capabilities of our workforce here in Connecticut. You know, we've had a rich history in various industries, whether, you know, aerospace, chemicals, you know, other mechanical manufacturing type operations so that the base is very strong here. We're hopeful that our uh, state government continues to work with an eye towards helping manufacturers as uh, evident with Colin Cooper being appointed the uh, chief manufacturing executive here by Governor Lamont. He's been invaluable to us in recent years, but also just it comes down for me, it comes down to what has been magnified by this pandemic is the bottom line as a society, we're consumers. We want to consume things. We will continue to consume goods and other items. And when you're limited by not being able to enjoy various services, such as travel and restaurants and entertainment, it comes back to, we all look for what else can we you know, purchase or acquire to, to enjoy ourselves, to, to use up our free time, to spend time with the family. And it comes down to consuming goods. So we've been part of that, as I explained earlier this past year, and I think we'll continue to do so as all next. And then as a society as a whole, we're gonna see, a, I think, a continuing growing demand on the products and goods that are out there. Unfortunately, manufacturing in general 
uh, and even so in Connecticut, doesn't have a great reputation because of history, because the public recalls the dirty, dingy, unsafe manufacturing facilities of 40, 50, 60 years ago. And it's changed dramatically, first of all, because the public demanded it, of course, you know, Folks didn't want to work in places where they were at risk and laws were put in place to assist with that. And manufacturers, companies have become more responsible on their own. And the key message here is this is not your grandfather's factory. It is much different. It is much safer. We go years without having any incidents. We have millions invested in safety systems and controls and environmental systems to ensure that we're all operating here safely. So the thought that working in a factory was hard work and risky work is really no longer the case. And hopefully our youth, our next generation will continue to recognize that and make their way back into manufacturing roles because they can really be really rewarding, you know, not just financially, not just from a lifestyle standpoint, but just from what you experience in these types of roles. Absolutely. And I think one of the strongest messages to come out of this series of podcasts that we're doing for Manufacture CT is the breaking down of that stigma. Manufacturing gets it seems to get this old fashioned stigma attached to it. And it's about breaking that down. You know, the investment in manufacturing, particularly here in Connecticut, is astronomical. Cutting edge technology being used. And it's also showing itself to be a really fantastic career path for young people entering into the workforce from whether it be school, college or indeed university, that there's great potential here. And Shane is a perfect example of it, you know, from Plat Tech to an MBA. So credit to you. We will continue to break down these stigmas and uh, open the door to manufacturing, certainly here in Connecticut. Really excited about it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fascinating learning more about your company and more about your careers and how you've got to where you are so far. It will be fantastic, wouldn't it, to uh, to catch up in a year or maybe two years time. Hopefully this pandemic is over and see what you're focusing on at that time. So gentlemen, thank you for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this edition of Meet the Manufacturers. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT or you would like to join the organization, you can visit the website manufacturect.org.